Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Global Mental Health Outreach Podcast, my mental health story series. I'm Natalie, the founder of GMHO. In this series, we will invite guests suffering from different mental illnesses and have them share their stories. Eating disorders are the deadliest mental illnesses of all times, so as there are many types of complex eating disorders along with a huge list of side effects, we think that it is very important we let the public know how detrimental EDs are. So this time, we are very excited to have Sage from at ED Recovery Doodles on Instagram to share her story. Hello, Sage! Hi, I am super excited to be here, and I personally have struggled with anorexia nervosa, and I am in recovery, and I am 17, a senior in high school in Portland, Oregon, in the United States, and yeah. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. So in this episode, we will mainly discuss the development of eating disorders, and we will cover the rest in the next few episodes, so be sure to stay tuned. So the first question, do you remember when did you start showing signs of an eating disorder? Like, how did you notice that it has become a problem? Yeah, I started developing my eating disorder in eighth grade, and I definitely remember a shift from when I felt really good with my body and very intuitive with food into shifting in more of like being very rigid with food and hyper-focusing on my body and wanting to change it. And so it was definitely around eighth grade. I personally struggled with acknowledging that I had a problem until much later down the road um, when I was diagnosed sophomore year um, of high school. But I, I think it started off with a bunch of events taking place and just factors here and there. But I think it definitely started in relation to friends at school who said that they were struggling with body image and eating disorder or challenges to reduce my food intake. And I was also a competitive swimmer. So wanting to improve my swim performance, it kind of started out as just, oh, I I want to maybe change my body and I want to eat super healthy. And it developed into a full-blown eating disorder. Were you facing any problems at the period of your life, like bullying or social media issues or even like family issues? Um, I've definitely always had a rocky relationship with my parents and I've definitely always struggled with emotion regulation. And at the time I was struggling with depression and anxiety and OCD, which played a role in my eating disorder. I've also moved around quite a bit and I had changed schools in sixth grade. And I think that disturbance also uh, was a contributing factor. Yeah, with stress and negative experiences, they can definitely alter your thought processes or the way you think of yourself. And onto body image, I think you just said that you have struggled with the way you looked at yourself. Like, how was your self-esteem at the time period? Are there any contributing factors to make it hit rock bottom? Yeah, I definitely noticed that in health class, we talked about body image a little bit. And I noticed my friends mentioning they weren't really happy with their bodies. They wanted to change it. They wanted to possibly manipulate food to change their bodies. And I definitely also in middle school, it is really challenging, at least where I was, a lot of comparison to my peers um, and with just the group of people I was with, it was pretty competitive. 
And being in that environment, I think I just felt a lot of comparison and a lot of feeling like I wasn't good enough um, through appearance or academics or extracurriculars um, and schools that I was looking at for high school. I definitely had low self-esteem at the time. And I think body image arose from that. It was something that I could pinpoint that was very obvious. Just being in a body, it it appears a certain way. And that was something that I felt like I could control and change. Um, so that is kind of how I developed coping through changing my body and other behaviors as well. Yeah, like a negative self-image can affect your mental health and behavior significantly. And many people with low self-esteem have negative feelings about themselves and believing that they're not worthy of love or happiness or success and some may think that if they look a certain way or if they change themselves they'll be more deserving of love it is a very dangerous way to live with that mindset is it can trigger a lot of different disorder behaviors like an eating disorder how was your childhood like do you think your childhood has an influence on your restrictive behaviors Yeah, I think that as a person, I grew up being pretty goody two-shoes, perfectionistic, pretty rigid in black and white thinking, like my way or the highway. Um, And that definitely contributed as well as how I grew up. Um, I do teach about eating disorders in middle schools, and we teach about food philosophy and how your parents or the people you were with as you grew up kind of had a food philosophy. And in my household, It was, I grew up with two doctors and it was very much food is medicine and you need to eat healthy. And it was a lot of cutting out different foods and saying that I shouldn't eat them to be in my best health. And that definitely was a very significant factor in developing very strict food rules and eliminating food, which of course, for not all people, it goes down that way, but it led to disordered eating and anorexia. Um, So I definitely don't blame them in any way, but I do recognize that other people in that situation, um, not everyone develops an eating disorder, but it can be very detrimental to those who are vulnerable. Um, As well as I mentioned, moving a lot, I think the relocating of places, it felt pretty out of control and moving quite a Um, schools quite a few times so those two things or three things just my kind of tendencies as a younger child were kind of influenced my behaviors childhood years play a main role in one's mental health development and especially when a child's self-esteem and eating habits are pretty fragile at the time with certain people telling them what kinds of food to eat and not to eat and on top of environmental instabilities they can definitely accumulate and affect the way like a child think of themselves like disordered behaviors can start manifesting way earlier than we think And can you talk a little bit more about the family food philosophy? Yeah. So I grew up in, as I said, with two medical professionals. My mom is actually a child psychiatrist and my dad is a family practice physician. And just being told of health is eating all these kinds of wholesome foods and that seeing my mom model a relationship with food that was very restrictive in what she was eating not necessarily restricting food, but limiting what she was eating. 
as well as I think as a child, I was also told that I need to eat my vegetables. I need to eat this. And I didn't have a lot of connection. I did have a lot of connection with my body, but then I kind of lost that intuition in that connection when I became so focused on, okay, I'm going to cut out this food group and this food group and this food group and only eat this and not eat this. It became so rigid and so restrictive. And I remember it was definitely difficult to come home after residential treatment when I hadn't been with my parents, but I was taught all of these things that health is so much more than the food we put in our body. It's about balance. It's about intuition and listening to our hunger and fullness. And they're all foods fit in in some way. And that's what I've adopted. Definitely that all foods can fit because especially with The anxiety around food, that is a lot more harmful than any food could be. Living with a monster inside your head telling you to eat less constantly, do you notice how these intrusive thoughts have affected your emotions? Because I remember you saying that you have struggled with depression at the time. Yeah, I definitely before my eating disorder, I was suffering from depression and OCD. Um, And I think that My OCD was more prevalent in sixth and seventh grade. And then moving into eighth grade, I feel like it lessened a little bit. And my eating disorder kind of took that um, and and just kind of ran with it and, and coped. I was coping instead of being with OCD tendencies, more of the eating disorder tendencies. And without proper nutrition and not engaging in helpful balanced behaviors, I definitely noticed I was very angry and irritable all of the time. And that was definitely my primary emotion was anger. And I didn't really allow myself to feel anything else, Um, which is hard now, like, you know, feeling all the emotions um, and working through those and through recovery doing that. But just the isolative, being isolated and really numb, I just my automatic emotion. I'm very comfortable with anger and showing that at least in my household and with myself. Um, That was my primary emotion and mood. And it was very difficult for my family as a whole. They've all definitely experienced negative impacts of my behaviors. And um, I can't attribute it all to my eating disorder, but I think that the impacts of uh, my behaviors and, and lack of what I needed was impacted the emotions and mood. Would you say that like your restrictive eating habits are a kind of coping mechanism for your negative thoughts from depression or OCD? Because I know that OCD is based on obsessive thoughts on a certain idea and then using compulsive behaviors to control these obsessions. So do you think your food restrictions are a type of compulsions? Definitely. It became definitely an addiction and a cycle that I I didn't know how to break myself. And I think that's when I went to treatment and I went to residential treatment and I spent a year in intensive treatment that that was when I was given the skills. Um, But it was definitely a compulsion. I think that the obsession was over my body and changing that. But over time, it it was beyond that. It was about controlling emotions, feeling control, um, isolating from other people, just all of these things, trying my best to be the perfect human I could. But in reality, I, I wasn't perfect. I don't really like the concept of perfect or imperfect at all, but I was striving for a perfection that wasn't ever going to be attainable. And 
I was definitely the the more I engaged in behaviors and the more my body did change, I found that I actually liked it less. And that was also difficult that it, it becomes this obsession and a compulsion and the behavior patterns are very, very challenging to break. And I found that I'm very far in recovery, but I recently um, have gone through relational shifts and losing friends just drifting apart and changing relationships. And I found that it's beyond my body. When I go through stress, my immediate reaction isn't just, oh, I don't like my body, but it's more, I want to feel good in a different way. And I feel like my eating disorder kind of comes in as like, you can go back to me and I will help you. And it's, it's hard, but I know I've come so far that I don't want to go back to it. Yeah, with eating disorders, as you just said, it's sort of like an addiction. Like a lot of the times when you start to lose some weight, your brain will automatically say, oh, you should lose more, then maybe you'll be good enough, or maybe you'll be happy. But then the more that you lose, the more your brain wants to repeat these restrictive behaviors. And then this process repeats again and again to form a very like vicious cycle. And when you start to recover, it's kind of hard to lean away from these toxic thoughts and behaviors, I can imagine. Yeah, living with a mental illness, even if it isn't a mood disorder, I can imagine that it will certainly make you feel isolated, lonely, and kind of on edge all the time. Some people may also feel the need to like withdraw from friends and activities due to feeling the symptoms of the illness. So do you think that your eating disorder has influenced your way in receiving affection or love? And has it like influenced your other relationships? That's a pretty interesting question. I feel like actually in in my eating disorder, I definitely would not receive, I was not receptive to any type of affection, any compliments about my performance, who I was, my body, I could not tolerate. I didn't like physical affection. And I think both with recovery and weight restoration and healing and being able to nourish my own body and gaining independence, um, as well as that therapy piece of being um, delivered the skills and being told what I could do, that's when I was able to really have fulfilling relationships. Um, Definitely with my family, my relationships have improved. My sister, we get along so much better. And I and my friends, um, I think that having gone having gone through this experience, I'm so much more vulnerable, and I'm able to express my emotions and an appreciation for people. And I think that's really yeah, I, I like reflecting on that because it's kind of nice to think I've added that to my life as well. Yeah, I'm very happy that you're in a place where you can share your story freely. So, last question of today. Do you remember what was the triggering factor for your eating disorder? I definitely can't point it to one factor. I think what was going on for me in middle school was my friend was saying that she was experiencing anorexia nervosa. And I think I didn't really, I wasn't equipped as an eighth grader to support my friend in that way because I didn't have any education or know how to. Also, comparison to friends um, in swimming performance also body, um, being in the mirror a lot, that was really difficult. Um, one triggering factor was I applied to a private high school and I didn't get in and some of my friends did. And that was, um, 
where my eating disorder really took off on the idea of if you can't be a perfect student and if you can't get into a perfect school, then you can have a perfect body. Um, that's where that kind of came from. Just my relationship with exercise was a little funky, disordered in a way. And I think also the family food philosophy of as I got older, realizing or having more of an acknowledgement that what my of what my parents were telling me of that I should not eat certain foods um, and that I need not need to be more helpful, but that, that was an option and it's very skewed and I don't really align with that at all anymore. Um, but I think definitely a combination of all the, of all of those things and it was no specific event that triggered it. But I think they each play a different role and something's definitely a larger role. I have more memories connected to those events. Yeah, not one event, but many. Yeah, with stress, restrictions, and intrusive thoughts, they can all accumulate and trigger your or other people's like eating disorders. It is really amazing how you get to share your experiences of suffering from an eating disorder to the world. And we really believe that your story can help a lot of other people suffering out there too. And for everyone listening, please stay tuned for future podcasts in which we will discuss the symptoms and the recovery process of eating disorders. And last but not least, if anyone's interested in receiving more information about our program, you can email us or follow us on Instagram at globalmentalhealth.outreach. And if you want to support Sage, then you can follow her on Instagram at edrecoverydoodles. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Bye!